0: Good evening. It's going to be a good night. (laughs) Okay. On a Sunday morning, I woke up early and just spending some time with the Lord before church. And I saw something in the spirit that I'm going to talk about a little bit tonight, or at least part of it. And um, what what, what I saw, a portion of what I saw was end time rule. Well, I don't have full revelation on that. <laughs> so I was really excited to start studying what, what God, what, you know, what all are you saying to me? And so um, that's, that's where we're going to start tonight. <laughs> we're going to start. And um, there was a lot I could have studied, but when I went to study what I saw, the Lord said, start with the word rule. So that's where we're going to start. So turn with me to Genesis chapter one. So I went to my Strong's Concordance and I, and my Bible software, and I thought, where is the first word, well, where is rule mentioned in the Bible? And the very first place that rule is mentioned is in Genesis 1. And we're going to read it in Genesis 1, verse 16. It says, Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. So when I read that verse, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's, that's awesome. Because I immediately thought, well, here, here, we, here I am thinking about end time rule. And and when I go to look up the word rule, God speaks, you know, he's speaking to me about this first verse. And he's saying, okay, within this first verse, God is speaking about rule, right? And it's in relation to light. So I immediately think about Jesus Coming on the scene, right? Like any of maybe us us would think, saying, you are the light, right? Right? So I, like, think to myself, could these verses be connected? So I start to look it up because, you know, so I looked it up. And when God said, let there be light, when he says, so then he goes. and, And in verse 14, when God said, let there be lights in the firmament, that, that word, let there be, is a Hebrew word meaning exist. And in parentheses in the Strong's Concordance, it even says to exist, and then it says always emphatic. Which I kind of love that God gets emphatic, because I can get emphatic. So I love that, right? So where it said, let there be lights, and he's, and you know, sometimes they say light be is really what he said. Light be, like light exist, emphatically, right? So I, then I went to, you are the light of the world, and that you are? It's the Greek word for to exist. And in the Strong's Concordance, in parentheses behind it, it said, used only when emphatic. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So very, I mean, almost the exact same phrasing. Amen. So here, so there's so much I want to say about this. But so let's talk about when, Jesus, when God said that, when God did creation, we all know he spoke, and then he saw, and then it was good right? It was, he spoke, it was, and it was good. So can we please apply this to you are the light of the world? He spoke, it was, it was good. So everyone, whether you think you are or not, it was, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world and it is good and it is good and it is good. You are good. You are good. You are the light, it is a fact, and you are good, right? Okay, so um, this just really got me excited. But I think, you know, we haven't been recognizing. So we all take for granted creation. Okay, he made the stars. Okay, they're up there. Sure enough, they're up there. Sure enough, you're up, you're here. It's just as true about you as it is about the lights in the heavens, right? To rule to rule. Light is to rule. And so this is part of the key that he's speaking to me about, about end time rule is being the light, recognizing you are the light. You are the light. Jesus went on to say in Matthew, if you want to turn there, Matthew chapter five, verse 14. I'll try not to get too emphatic tonight. <laughs> Matthew five verse fourteen, Jesus says, "You are the light of the world." Yes. A city. Can you imagine if he had said, "Light be," and pointed at Deborah, <laughs> and it was, and it was good. was good. You are the light of the world, and then he says this: "A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden." When I broke that down, when I went through the each word and broke it down, it's a uh, well. First a city set. That word set isn't just any set. There's like three different words for the word set. And, you know, it can be like just placed passively, you know, or it can mean what it means here. Placed. It's, oh, I wish I had written it down and I didn't, but it's placed like in a prostrate position, lying face down, horizontal on the ground in submission and reverence to God. That's what he planned cities to be. Isn't that awesome? And then they would build up from there. Isn't that good so he purposely said it it's not passive it's not pass. it's not a passive position so he sets it on a hill that means above the plains above the ordinary what are we talking about living uncommon above the ordinary above the plains and it cannot a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden that word cannot means is not able to be like no ability to be hidden so, it doesn't matter who you are from the front row to the back row, you cannot be hidden. You are light, so you might as well accept it. You cannot hide. <laughs> you cannot hide from them. You know, sometimes I've known, um, you know, sometimes when people first become believers, they've got a foot in the world, you know, and a foot, unless they get radically saved, you know, or, you know, or the person who talked to them about it is radically saved, right? But when they first come in the kingdom, sometimes people are one foot in the world, still one foot out, right? And so they're, they're, um, Gosh, I don't know where I was going with that, Deborah. Anyway, um, cannot be hidden. Oh, cannot. So they want to hide, you know, or they want to fit in both groups. But the problem is you're not going to fit in this one, and the longer you want to fit in this one, you're not going to fit in this one. And it can be a miserable existence because you're trying to be something you're not, you know? And you are the light. There is no, there is no taking it back. You are the light. So you cannot be hidden. You cannot be hidden. He goes on to say, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So people don't, and I like this, when I broke this down in the original Greek, it was, nor do they set on fire, a candle, right? It's usually a candle, but it means a portable lamp. Joseph is a portable lamp. Everywhere he goes, he's going to take light with him. He's portable <laughs> because he has feet, right? He's going to move. He's a portable light. You don't, have, you don't light a portable light and then put it under a basket. And that put right there means in a passive position. You don't light it and put it in a passive position. You just don't. You, but you put it on a lampstand. And again, isn't it interesting that a city up on a hill, a candle on a lampstand, all of this is above. So guys, we're going to have to rise above. We're going to have to get used to sticking out like a sore thumb, because he's going to move us above because it says, so when they light a lamp and they put it on a lampstand, that word and, the next word and, sometimes when you use and, it just links words. But this and means cumulative force. So you light it and then you put it on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Isn't that awesome? Because that's what happens. So if you're lit, if you've allowed Jesus to light your life, (laughs) lit, and you allow him to put you where he wants you, which you will always be raised up because why? He's trying to draw more people into the house. So we have to get used to being promoted, being the teacher's pet, be, you know what I mean? Good things happen to me all the time. You know what I mean? We can't be ashamed of all of that. And we have to get used to being in that position and not hiding because you, you can you're not going to be able to hide. People are going to see you. If you go to the, if you try to go to the bar and fit in with them, they're going to know you don't. You're going to make them uncomfortable. They won't want you there. All right. It gives light unto all that are in the house. And then he goes on in verse 16, and he says, let your light so shine before men in this way. Don't be afraid to come up higher and let them see you. In fact, this word means beam in front of human beings. Yeah. Beam in front of human beings. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can go into a place and smile, and people just are like, why is she smiling? Yeah. What just, Did something just happen? What? you know, like you know something they don't. You know something they don't. Beam in front of human beings. Let your light shine so that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Don't you have something to smile about? Oh my goodness, Christians, we have so much to smile about. If you haven't smiled or taken time to take inventory lately, you should. There's probably things that aren't happening in your life that are happening to other people's lives and you just think you're lucky. No, you're blessed because you have a father in heaven, right? So beam, talk about, you know, when people are, you know, I I know it's uncomfortable when people are complaining and grumbling to say, wow, that never happens to me. But go ahead and say it right? Because we need a testimony and a witness that our lives are different. Don't say it in a prideful manner or a, you know, put down manner, but as a, you need what I have manner, right? Right? If we don't believe this thing that we have, they'll never believe it, Right. right? So we've got to believe it. Funny, I have a funny story. So when I was putting all this together, I couldn't help but think about a movie, that I'd seen years and years ago. Do y'all like movies? I like movies. In this movie, there was um, an ex-Marine who took a teaching position. And she went in to a classroom where they, like, um, you know, um, bust in inner-city kids. And they were people that came from rough neighborhoods and a good mix of kids, but rough neighborhoods and, you know, gangs, poverty, all of that, all of the above. And... um, In the movie, she's trying to teach them English, you know, English class, poetry, conjugating verbs. It's pretty funny because, you know, they're thinking, what do I need to conjugate a verb for? Well, so she asks the class and she says, what's the most powerful verb you know? And one of the quiet girls answers and says, choose is the most powerful word. And the teacher's like, okay, why do you think that? And she said, well, think about it. It's the difference between you owning your life and being afraid. Insightful. Because when you're afraid, somebody else is owning your life. You know, the Bible even says through fear of death, they're all their lifetime subject to bondage. When we're afraid to die, then there's stuff we won't do. And what if God tells you to? So someone in the classroom goes, choose, that's not a a most powerful verb. And um, they were like, so if someone puts a gun to your head, you choose to die? Is that what you're saying? And she's like, no. She goes, you may not choose to die, but you can choose how you die. Like you can choose whether you're screaming or whether you're cursing God or not. And I just was like, wow, that's good, that's good. Well, at the end of the movie, the teacher you know it 's really hard on the teacher she 'd never been in this environment before, and she lost like three students It was really hard on her as a human being to see three kids not make it. one got killed through the through the year through the school year and um, so she was like i can 't do this you know this is my, i, I can 't I can't do this anymore it 's too hard and and uh, so over the course of the um, semester, though, they had been reading poetry. And one of the poetries they were reading um, had some lines in it that the kids all could relate to. And it was about, like, don't go gently into the night, you know. Like, don't die easily, you know, fight, you know, or whatever. And um, so at the end of the movie, they're trying to convince the teacher to stay. And one of the students says, you can't give in. You can't go gentle into the night, because that was a poem they were studying. And, and he, he says, you have to rage against the dying of the light. Wow. And, and she's like, well, I'm, there, I, the, the, I'm not ex- raging against any dying of any light. And he goes, no, we are. Because she was their light. And see, you're their light. You're their light, whether you want to be or not. It's our, Jesus already said it. You are. You are their light. They may test you to see if you're the real deal, but they're hoping you are. They're hoping you are. They want you to lead them out of their darkness. They want someone to lead them out of their darkness. Sometimes they're just too afraid to believe it's even possible. And so... I'm going to get to this later, but love and faith are huge. Huge. Which, how many times did Jesus talk to us about that? You know, just to end the example about the movie, at the end of the movie, so she's walking out, she's walking down the hallway with another teacher, and the other teacher says to "So, how'd they get you, how'd they get you to come back? And she goes, they gave me candy and called me the light. <laughs> and I just like that line. But what if there was someone counting on you to be their light? What if they looked at you and said, you're my light? How, how would that make you feel? You know, how, what would that change in what you say and what you do and how you behave and how you respond and react to situations? It's time, church, to be who we say we are. We're sons of light. That's who we are. The Bible calls us that. And we have to choose to be that all the time. It's who you are. It's not hard to do. It's who you are. Sometimes you just make to, you have to make choices to unlearn behaviors that you've learned that aren't who you are. That you learned from someone who's not a son of light. Right. We have to be. It's time we, we, we are who we say we are. And it's time to grab hold of all the grace that God says he's given to you yeah. right. to do this. Like we have to become so stubborn that we're, that we're going to, there's no way. I'm, I'm going to not act like Christ. There's nothing they're going to do to me to make me not act like Christ. Because I'd have to be someone I'm not to do that. You're their light. Isaiah 60, we all love these passages, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Isaiah 61 through 3. In the Amplified, reads like this. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. That's the key. Wake up every day and purpose that you're going to shine. And be radiant with the glory of the Lord because it's available to us. It's available to us. We're not waiting on God. He's already given it. It's just up to us to walk in it. So get up and Shine right? Radiant with his glory. There's no question about it. You can. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you and nations will come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. They're going to come because you are light. So just arise and shine every day expecting the glory. Guys, I'm thinking, I'm believing we're going to see incredible things in the days ahead. Things that we if you if you go back and read the prophetic words, things we've never seen before. Things the world has never seen before coming out of the church. Maybe things you've tried before and it didn't seem like it worked, it's going to work. They're going to see you in a new light. You're going to walk in new power, new understanding, new clarity, new revelations that you haven't had before. It's going to get fun. It's going to get amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. The, 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 uh, you know that teacher that I was talking about? When she went in that classroom, they would ask, why do you even care? But her heart just loved them. She just wanted to be a teacher. And a teacher always wants to teach. So that people can have a better life. So she, because she, ha- she, I wrote it down this way. She had love and faith. She was confident that she could help change their lives. She was confident that what she had to give them could change their lives. Guys, what we have can change their lives. We have to be confident in this daily. Lay hands on them. Because he said so. Confident that he can do what he said he could do. It's him that's going to do it. But we've got to just have love, love them enough to do, right, to do what God asks you to do and love God enough to obey his commands. He said, if you love me, obey my commands, right? So we if we love him, we've got to obey. And so that love will reach out in faith that whatever you tell me to do, I'll do, and you'll get the results you want, God right? Just faith that what he, that he can do, fully convinced that he can do what he promises. do we not believe that he can do what he promises he can do? Yes, yes, yes. First Thessalonians 5, 5 reads this way. You are all sons of light. In case there was one in here that didn't think so. <laughs> you are all sons of light and sons of the day. And it goes on and it says, let us not sleep but let us watch and be sober. Be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. The breastplate of faith and love. Why? And the helmet as the hope of salvation. You guys, it's time to get serious. It said be sober. Be serious. Be self-controlled. Put on faith and love. That means nothing's going to break faith or love. That breastplate is going to say nothing they throw against you is going to cause you not to love Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I, if I am the light, then I don't want any darkness in me. Right? So I don't want anything they do to cause me to do something that a son of light doesn't do. So I've got to stay out of strife. I've got to watch my mouth. I can't respond out of anger. Right? None of that. I have to put on faith and love. Faith and love. So we have to be relentless in our love. <laughs> you have to, you're gonna have to be, t- I mean, you guys, with people, some wearing masks, some not wearing masks, and, and the comments that they make, you're gonna have to be relentless <laughs> in love. Relentless. Like, nope, 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 you're not getting me out of love. No, mm-mm. you're gonna to have to be relentless. It's tough. It's, it's tough. Didn't Jesus say it would, love would grow cold in the end days? Is that going to be me? Is that going to be you? No. No, let it not be us. We have to be relentless in our love. And then we have to be unshakable in our faith, no matter what happens. You know, like the girl's example, like if you've got a gun to your head, you can't choose to die. Well, you can choose how you die. You can choose whether you're still in faith in God when you go. You know? It makes me think of Stephen in the Bible. Up until the end, he glorified God. They started throwing stones at him, and he still looked up at heaven, praised the Heavenly Father and said, "Father, you know, pretty much, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then he laid down his life. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. Relentless and unshakable. No matter what they do, it's not going to change who you are. We're going to see a whole lot of craziness. Anybody read their Bibles? I'm going to talk about the news. I'm talking about your Bible. We're going to see a lot of craziness. And so we've got to be determined that we're going to walk in love and we're going to stay in faith. And we're going to encourage one another. Because that's what this is about. Tonight's message is just about encouraging you. Just encouraging you. So we've got to be undeterred and undistracted from the mission. Joseph always says, each one reach one. That's the mission. Right? (laughs) Right? Just love them. Love them for me, Jesus told this church. Love them for me. That's the mission. So you have to be undeterred and undistracted from what you know you're supposed to be about. Keeping eternity, eternity in mind. Not what so-and-so just said. Not what so-and-so just did. I don't know who so-and-so is, but are they saved? Because if they're not saved, they're going to hell. And that's forever. So let's keep what's really real in mind, right? I don't think we probably spend enough time meditating on that, on eternity. I think if we spent just a little time thinking about somebody going to hell and what our Bibles say about hell, it might give us boldness to talk to that person, you know, or change the way we behave with the jerk at work. You know what I mean? This, uh, today I, I received a video on my phone from somebody and it was a guy in Israel that has a ministry in Israel. And uh, he was talking and just kind of sharing a testimony, but he was talking about the missile strikes. And if you don't know, there's been over a thousand. It's not like there's one every so often. A thousand missiles have been shot off at Israel, right? In the past few days. And he was talking about a coworker and one of the missiles hit his apartment complex, two floors down from him, and it killed his neighbor. And it destroyed his apartment because it blew out all the glass and stuff like that. And as the ministry co-workers reached out to this guy to, you know, provide him a place to go or whatever, and reach, reach out to him, his response was that he had to say, no, I have to, I have to stay here. The need is too great. They don't know God. That's what I mean. That's the mentality I'm talking about. Is, remember when I said, when we have a fear of death, we're all of our lifetime subject to bondage. Because we won't share if it might cost us something. You know? And he was willing to stay because some of his neighbors did not know God. And he said, the opportunity is here to let them know he is. That just touched my heart, you know? And guys, there's going to be a lot of opportunities ahead where you're going to have open doors to, you know, and you have to hear from the Spirit. Guys, we have to hear from the Holy Spirit like like never before. We've got to get tuned in. We've got to be obedient to that voice no matter what. No matter what, be obedient to the voice. But, you know, don't always run and hide. Sometimes there's going to be opportunities for you that be that gospel worker that God has placed in that situation. You're the right person at the right time with the right words. So shine. Beam before human beings, right? It's going to take us, church, actually believing that God is mighty, And the Word of God is true, right. yeah. like never before, like never before I, I I sincerely believe that God is going to accomplish the what looks impossible, like he said he he will, but sometimes it 's going to take you and me doing something incredible, uncommon, unexpected. I remember the story Dr. Sabell tells of um, being a service and, and preaching, and at the end of the service, God said, call up people with back problems. So he called up the people with back problems, then, and then he's like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Like, lay hands on them. What do you Speak to them. What, what do you want me to do? He's like, tell them all to lay down on the floor on their stomachs. So he's like, okay, everybody lay, on your, lay down on the floor on your stomachs. I mean, that was enough for me. Like, what? T- tell them to lay on the floor on their stomachs? Okay, God. Uh, you know, I don't know. I might have been questioning it right there. Thank God he did it. And, he's, and then he's like, okay, God, they're all laying on their stomachs, and he goes, now run across their backs. That's when he was like, uh, God, their back's hurt. That's why they're here. <laughs> you know, and it's in that moment, what are you going to do? Are you going to question what you heard? Are you going to hesitate? You know, what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. There's going to be times where God asks us to do the incredible so he can do the impossible. And he did it. And, not, and every single one was healed. Crazy crazy don't you want to be involved in the crazy (laughs) I mean at first I'm like I don't know but then I'm like yes yes I want to be involved in the crazy don't you want stories like that where you know it was only God only God would make you do something like that so that he could get the glory there's no way that was Dr. Savelle you know what I'm saying and God gets the glory see what I'm saying shine shine before them so they will glorify your father in heaven It's awesome. How about the story of Jesus? Ooh, let's turn there. Hold on, let me look and see where it's at. Luke, go to Luke, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5. trying to decide where I want to start let's go to Luke chapter 4 and read verse 40 When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, so demons came out. He laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Jesus. Right? Now, go forward to Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. Now, it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy. Now, this is Luke. Luke was a doctor. So when he says full of leprosy, he's not lying. He knows what he's talking about, right? And Luke is also written in chronological order. It's the only gospel written in chronological order. So these are the events as they happened, okay? So Luke 5, verse 12, and it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, let me just remind you that, what was it? Um, let's see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, maybe, verses before this. Probably the night before, maybe. It says, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on them and healed them. Right? Right? Now, the leper shows up and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Maybe he was talking about healing, but maybe he was saying, if you're willing to touch me, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. I'd say that's incredible. And accomplishing the impossible. I mean, you do realize there were, like, rules that lepers couldn't come anywhere near anybody, and it was more than six-foot social distancing, you know? (laughs) Right? Yeah. But here, Jesus touched a leper, and Jesus didn't get leprosy. The leper got what Jesus had. Right? (sighs) Guys, this is the God we serve. This is our almighty God. This this is what he's waiting for. When they came to Jesus and said, what do we do to work the works of God? Do you know what Jesus' response was? Believe on him whom he sent. We need to get our believing to a whole new level. Because he will meet us where we can believe. Right? Right? You know that verse, I, we, we say this verse a lot, but we don't really stop to think about it. In um, John chapter, let's see, 14, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, who he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, right? And we know, we can do the works that Jesus did, but what's the um, prerequisite on that verse? He who believes in me, he who believes in me. So if we want to do the works that Jesus did first, we have to actually believe in him, <laughs> right? We have to spend time meditating on these scriptures, meditating on, on hearing. Pastor said it in his message a few weeks ago, hearing the voice and obeying the voice. Pastor Net's message a few weeks ago, three weeks ago or so, was rise, rise, get up. Let's do this, right? Let's do this, church. Let's go to this next level, right? I mean, if you if you haven't been here for all the Living Uncommon series, Joseph spoke on praise. When you praise God, what you're doing is you're boasting in your God. You're saying what He can do and who He is and how great He is. I mean, when you're singing songs like "How Great Is Our Lord," you're boasting in how great your God is. You know, you know, you guys know, and you've you've heard. I've talked about this song before, but um, when it when there's a song where it says uh, anything to do with um, demons flee at the mention of your name or or darkness flees or I mean I that boy I just start my insides just start going because I'm just like yes you know and just but, but spending time meditating that so that when you go out into the community go out to job, your work or whatever this this is your mindset you are a son of light Amen. and nothing can stop that light Amen. has the sun or moon ever stopped you are light. It will never stop. It will ne- you can always count on it. We just got to do it. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. I love listening to Pastor Annette's message. I wasn't in here. We were in healing school. But, um, oh, man, I was just right there with her when she was talking about rise and get up. And you got to wake up and you got to get up because you got to be ready, Right? I mean, anyone who gets up, their hair's all disheveled, and they still have their pajamas on, isn't ready, right? So you got to get up and walk out the door ready. You know, you've got to um, have, like, you've got to think ahead of time. You guys know what's going on out there. We all know what's going on out there. And we've been confronted with it, I'm sure. You don't just know about it. You know what's going out there because you can't go outside your home without somebody grumbling, complaining, shooting you the bird. I mean, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. So you've got to go outside of your house knowing that stuff is going on and being prepared. How am I going to respond if? How am I going to respond when? Right? And predetermine what your responses are going to be, that you will not come out of love. You will not, because as long as you stay in love, you're giving God room to work. I'll never forget, um, my son was working for the prayer department up at Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and he had someone call in one day. And um, I can't remember what, it was a lady, and I can't remember what she, what was wrong with her that she wanted prayer for, but Drew started praying for her and, and, you know, speaking the word over here, coming in agreement. That's what they're supposed to do for healing, right? And um, he got done praying, and, and she just was mad. Like, just mad. Like, he didn't pray right, or, or you know, it, it was no good, you know, or whatever. And he just stayed calm, and then, you know, she hung up. I think she had hung up on him, too. And so he was telling us this story later, but after the call, he just prayed for her. He didn't turn to a co-worker. You would not believe the call I just got. You would not believe this lady that just read me for no good reason. Does she believe the word? You know, none of that. He prayed for her. A few minutes later, one of his I think it was his supervisor or a co-worker is like, Hey Drew. He's like, he leans out of his cubicle. What hey what? She's like, Did you get a call from a so-and-so? And he's like, Oh, I'm not yeah, I think so. And he's like, She said, The woman does such and such. Oh oh yeah, yeah, I got a call from her. And, and she goes, well, she just called back and wanted you to know she's healed. And she wanted to apologize to you. <laughs> right? See what will happen when you stay in love? God will keep working because God is love. When you stay in love, he will keep working. He will keep working. Don't come out of love. Don't let darkness pull you into darkness. I'm not going to leave my place in the light to participate in deeds of darkness. I don't want to. I haven't always been perfect, right? We're not perfect. Sometimes we do stupid stuff, right? But that's, what I'm ta- that's why we're talking tonight, is so our stupidity can cease, right? And, you know, I wouldn't be talking to you about it if God weren't talking to me about it, right? I need my stupidity to cease because I want him to do what he wants to do in the earth today. Amen? So, guys... I'll just say it again. Shine, beam, you're the light. You're the light. Your faith and your love is what they're counting on. Your love for God to do whatever he tells you to do and your love for them, for it to be never ending, never changing. And your faith in your God is what they're waiting for. So put on that breastplate of faith and love and go out there and get it done. Amen. Let's do this, church. Let's do this. Amen? Amen. 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 (laughs) Pastor.